Welcome to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Over the next hour, you're going to learn how to lead more efficiently and effectively in a post-pandemic world where the workplace has changed dramatically. Now, here's Monique. Welcome, everyone. I'm Monique, your host. If you're tuning in for the very first time to this show, this is a show about leadership, helping leaders be more effective and more empowered in the workplace. Today, we'll hear from Laurel Elders about a new frontier in leadership efficacy called integrative intelligence. We'll learn what it is, how it can empower leaders, and what integrative coaching is all about. You'll also hear us talking about the ICF, that stands for International Coaching Federation. They are an organization that sets standards for coaching and provide education, accreditation, and certification throughout the coaching community. Laurel Elders is a master certified coach through the ICF, a consultant, trainer, and thought leader on leadership behavior. She's also the founder of the ICF accredited Institute for Integrative Intelligence. Welcome, Laurel. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm so excited to have you here today to talk about this groundbreaking topic of integrative intelligence. And I know you have founded the Institute, but before you did that, what brought you to coaching? What was that journey like? Well, I actually didn't know that I felt called to coach until I took my first coaching class. And that class educated me on what actual coaching was and how it's distinct from the other professions. I thought coaching was more like mentoring or teaching or counseling even, and I was blown away that it was none of those things. It was its own unique process. So after I completed my first level of coaching education in 2005, I just fell head over heels in love with the approach. I caught the coaching bug. So, you know, I don't know if you've heard that term and I just, I haven't turned back since it just, that was definitely what, um, what I felt called to do. I think we actually have a similar path. Mm -hmm. I started my coaching journey in 2002. And again, I signed up for my coach training through the ICF. And as I reminisce about this coaching has come such a long way as far as the delivery of coaching. At the time, coaching was only being delivered by phone. And the founder of the ICF and the then coach university, Thomas Leonard, was traveling around the United States in his RV, conducting coach sessions by phone. And at that time, it was unheard of to be working from your vehicle, working by phone and getting paid for it at the same time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so in some ways he was well ahead of his time because now the delivery of coaching is in many ways, it's phone, it's camera, there's many ways to deliver coaching. But at the time I was taking my coach training where all of us would call into a telephone bridge line. So there were 20 or 30 people in my coach training classes and we would call into the bridge line. We weren't sharing cameras or anything, sharing screens. So our curriculum was emailed to us and we had it in front of us as the instructor took us through the coaching curriculum and the coaching practices, practicums, all of that was done by phone. So it's just very interesting as to how coaching has really evolved over time. And with the ICF, can you tell us a little bit about the ICF and the importance of that organization? Yes, yes. So the International Coaching Federation is really respected as um, the global leaders in coaching standards, training, education, ethics, and also credentialing. And they have done an outstanding job. As you mentioned, Thomas Leonard, back in 1995, the ICF was established. And really, um, because they noticed that there was this other way of helping people really excel. And the ICF was formed to put some parameters around, this is what coaching is, and this is what coaching is not. And here's um, core competencies. Here's what ethics look like. You know, they really have done an outstanding job 
of professionalizing um, the coaching approach and what coaching looks like as a personal coach in corporations, you know, private contracting, internal and external coaching. So the whole nine yards, and they're really um, recognized globally, which is exciting too. Yes, you're right. They offer so many different segments of coaching. And I know when back when I took my training in 2002, there were two separate paths, two tracks, and I took both. One was personal coaching, which, which was kind of like life coaching. And then the other was the executive coaching or what you would do within organizations. And at the time, I took both because I didn't know which direction I wanted to go in. And for a long time, I was doing personal coaching or life coaching and then pivoted because I have a corporate background. So I pivoted to, <clears throat> to the executive coaching. And the training is very rigorous. I mean, even back in 2002, when I took it, it was very rigorous, lots of standards. And I can only imagine that it's gotten more rigorous for individuals to become credentialed. But your institute is accredited. So... That is no easy feat. What was that like for you to get the Institute accredited? We we did know that we wanted the ICF accreditation from the beginning because we have, um, my team and I, we have such a deep respect for, um, you know, everything that the ICF has accomplished to date in the coaching world. So um, around 2009, I just felt this tap on my shoulder that the college that I graduated from Prescott college needed to meet the world of coaching. And, um, they had similar missions and the president at the time loved the idea. And in 2011, I gathered a group of high impact coaches and that began a conversation of what was missing in our coaching programs. And so we took the answers from that conversation and the ICF standards and launched a fully comprehensive ICF accredited program in 2012. Wow. It only took you a year then really to get accredited. Um, it, it's more of a process. So we got started mm -hmm. then, and then, um, the accreditation comes about a year after you start the process. I see. Okay. And what were some of the gaps that you found? Oh, things like lacking business support or no alumni support, um, or uh, this program did a great job marketing to me, but once I got into the program, I was just confused and lost. There wasn't internal support or some programs weren't teaching how to coach. Mm. They would teach what coaching is. So some people felt lost there. So those were some of the the big ones. Mm -hmm. And I know there are a lot of programs that train coaches. And I think, at least from my research, the better ones that I've seen are ICF accredited for the very reason that you're saying. Because I think some organizations that teach coaching, they still don't really understand what coaching is. And they're teaching maybe even a hybrid of like mentoring and coaching or mentoring and consulting. And it's starting to confuse people in the industry, I think. When you say the word coach, it's used very loosely, do you think? Absolutely, yes. There is a lot of confusion around it. Um, I've also seen how it can limit, that lack of education can limit the employees or clients. Um, we identified that there's two paths on the journey to potential. And that first journey, you can be shown the way through mentoring or, you know, if a leader sits down and walks you through something, gives you some guidance. But that second journey where you really start to develop comes from the self-discovered process that an educated coach takes you on. And so I also see that the confusion is leading to some limitations that companies may not even know exist. Yeah, that self-discovery piece, I think, is really the cornerstone of coaching. That is something that doesn't happen in formal training or mentoring or consulting. And there's so many aha moments with a client when you're helping them do that inner work, that self-discovery. It's very powerful. Yes, absolutely. And it's, you know, really, to me, that self-discovery is where your true empowerment comes from, your your gifts start to expand, 
And nobody can show you that. Those things come from going within, which a coach knows how to help evoke in you. Right. And there are many leaders right now who are leaving the workplace and going into coaching on their own. They have been coaching internally for even decades in the workplace. And when they go out on their own, they don't necessarily feel the need for a credential because they feel they have the hands-on experience. And whenever I run into leaders like that, or if I'm coaching them, I, you know, always trying to understand the logic behind their philosophy. But what would you say about a leader who really does have decades of coaching experience and really wants to bypass that credentialing process? I would say take a coaching class because, you know, we don't know what we don't know. And we found um, leaders, but also in the therapy world, some therapists will transition to coaching without the education because they've got the, the psychology background. Um, and because there is an entire education around what coaching is and how to take people on that second journey. So what can happen without the education is you accidentally keep someone on that first journey where you're guiding them or, you know, advising them what, what you see for them. Um, so I would definitely say take a coaching class and start to discover this whole, this whole world that's out there and, um, you know, see if you feel that there's some missing pieces that you could add to strengthen your coaching so that you can take somebody on that second journey. And when you started on your journey, you said you took a class. So you hadn't really signed up for an entire credential. You took one class just to see what it was like. And then you decided to go on that path. It was a, a shorter program. I think it was 20 hours and it was the first, the first day of that was that class that woke me up to, oh my gosh, I thought I knew what coaching was. I had no clue. Mm -hmm. And we hear that sometimes with um, HR directors that go through our program. They say, I thought I'd been coaching for years. I had no clue that I wasn't coaching at all. I was guiding and mentoring people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there definitely is a difference. And later in the show, we'll talk a little bit more about the differences be between some of these methods of development. What would you say is your definition of a successful leader in today's world? Ooh, so to me at this point, I see a successful leader as somebody who is showing up integrated and has done um, some integrative work in themselves. So they're looking at all aspects of themselves as a whole person. So emotional intelligence, can I provide psychological safety? Can I be a transformational leader instead of um, leading through ego? Mm. And really yeah, pulling all those elements in so that the company, uh, the employees can show up inspired. And I think there's a big, a bigger need for, for that today in today's world with people looking at their entire selves instead of just business skills or the professional side of them. Mm -hmm. There is an importance to have all of that integrated. And I, I also think since covid there's been a bigger need for that. I think employees want to be seen as a whole person and they want their leader to see them that way. And in order for that to happen, the leader themselves have, has to see themselves that way too, so that they can work with their people in that integrative way. What are some examples of integrated intelligence? So we see integrative intelligence as the wisdom that develops from understanding interconnectivity, integrative meaning that we include all aspects. So success through an integratively intelligent lens means we're successful in all areas, not just one. One powerful example um, of how this shows up in coaching leaders is when I was coaching the president of an organization. And he was working on complaints he received from employees saying that they felt he was bullying them. And so in the coaching, he said to me something along the lines of, yes, I'm direct, but I am not responsible for other people's feelings. How they react is their responsibility. And one thing that we look at 
in integration work is our personal power. You know, where, where does that reside? And taking responsibility for other people's reactions is actually one of the ways we can give our power away. So I definitely validated the perception he was operating through. Yet the way the perception had been adopted was actually causing harm to the company. So true to my, you know, my coach training and nature, I got curious and looked for the and, and I asked him, if you aren't responsible for other people's feelings, how do you care about the impact that you have? Hmm. And that perspective really wakened something within him because he did care. He actually did care. He just didn't know how to connect the dots of how do I do both? How do I not take responsibility and how do I care? So we explored ways that he could include the impact perspective when he was speaking to his employees. What would have been one of the ways he could have done that? Um, really started with the end in mind thinking, how do I want to leave an impact on this person? Because he did have a very positive perspective overall. Um, and realizing that if he was talking to somebody that was maybe more sensitive or more of a feeler, then he could be aware of that and realize I want to leave a positive impact. So I'm going to be careful yeah. how I, I couch something and consider their feelings. Uh, so he wasn't really owning their feelings, but he was more contributing to a more positive outcome and, mm -hmm. and being more caring about how they ended up feeling after the interaction. Yes. That is really, really powerful. And that is some deep work to do that. And that's an example of what you teach at the Institute. Mm -hmm. Yes. Inviting that new perspective that helps the person be more aligned and lead more aligned. Yeah, it's definitely a deeper form of exploration. And I can see how it can give leaders um, more empowerment in the workplace. And we'll get into talking more about that after break. We're going to lead to a commercial break at this point. We've been talking to Laurel Elders about integrative intelligence. We've talked about the ICF, the importance of credentialing in the coach industry. And when we come back, we'll talk about how leaders can adopt a more integratively intelligent approach. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. At MD Consulting, we provide executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. Have a question for Monique or her guests? 
Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. If you just tuned in, I'm here with Laurel Elders. We've been talking about a groundbreaking philosophy for leaders called integrative intelligence. We're going to hear now about how leaders can apply this philosophy in the workplace. Laurel, this approach is taught at your institute, but how can leaders adopt it on their own? Is that possible? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, The fastest route to developing integrative intelligence is to enter into coaching with a coach who is integrally educated or trained. But the next way would be to develop, start developing your self-awareness muscles. So take personality assessments and become acquisitive, inquisitive. You can ask, is who I am showing up as who I want to be? Because sometimes for leaders, when under stress, that answer is no. And so just getting curious, what's getting in the way? And you can also be curious about impact. Really consider what does success in all areas look like? And do I harbor any limiting beliefs that it's not possible to have success in all areas? I've seen leaders that um, because their stress levels are high, don't realize that they can just make some shifts to make things run smoother and easier and less stressful. So there can be this underlying assumption that, oh goodness, success in all areas. I just need success in one when in fact Mm. um, it is possible. Yeah. And I I think leaders are so stressed right now with everything that they have on their plates. It's hard for them to think about, like you said, success in all areas. They're just looking for one little win, like the lowest hanging fruit that will help them be successful, help their team be successful. So you're saying that it could really start with just self-awareness? Yes. Self-awareness and then tuning into what does it look like if we had success in all areas? Um, even just start to envision it. What, you know, not that we have to to start doing it, but what does it look like? What would that be? So that can be really powerful. So they could actually introduce this concept to their team and ask their team that question. And it could become a collaborative discussion. Absolutely. Yes, because it really takes, um, I mean, it gets people into big picture problem solving. I think that when we just approach, you know, one problem at a time, we kind of limit ourselves because we have this linear lens on act, you know, it's often unconscious. So really beginning with that end in mind and engaging, engaging the team, what is our bigger vision? What does it look like, feel like? What kinds of things have you seen actually accomplished in the workplace from the people that have say they've come out of the Institute and they've been trained. What have you seen? Uh, Really it's, you know, integrative intelligence, it's a powerful approach in leadership coaching and also leadership development. Um, It is being used by not just our coaches, but by integral coaches, integrative coaches, and it helps leaders accomplish personal well-being through self-actualizing. One example that I've seen is in the great resignation and how we have leaders that have climbed the corporate ladder and let's say reach that level 10 in the company, but yet they're only at a level two on the self-actualization ladder. So there's a huge opportunity to coach the leaders that have gotten to the career level 10 to also step into the level 10 in their personal mastery. And so at the level 10 mastery, we see five things. One, the leader is emotionally, becomes emotionally intelligent. Two, the leader begins to embody more positive psychology. Three, the leader takes a transformational leadership approach. Four, the leader starts to carry an inspiring executive presence versus more of an ego presence. And five, the leader fosters psychological safety within their team or their company. So we call this the integrated leader. And that's what I've seen. And that's what excites me about this approach. And you talked about the levels of self-actualization. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yes. The um, 
um, they, the Enneagram um, Institute discovered that there's 10 levels to our self-actualization um, journey. So at the lower levels, we are under stress. We call that disintegrated. In the middle levels, we call that healthy. And then the upper levels, we call that self-actualized. So the coaching approach helps the um, the person reach those upper levels. And it's not that somebody becomes perfect. It's that the person or the leader learns responsiveness instead of reactivity. And what's fascinating is the Enneagram Institute also discovered that the um, under stress, we go down a couple of levels. And so you think about COVID and the impact that it had on our leaders, they were under a lot of stress. So um, I was always curious, we had COVID-19 in 2019 and the great, excuse me, great resignation in 2021. I'm wondering if there's a correlation between stress and the leaders not, um, not feeling they had enough support or internal resources to maintain, um, you know, their, um, agency to be a good leader. That is an interesting correlation. And I hadn't really thought about that. And also the fact that we can go backwards, we can slide backwards, mm -hmm. which also says how important it is that leaders have the support that they need at all times. How can that, how can that happen in a better way? with the way organizations are right now? You know, one thing that um, I think is really key is um, leaders getting the coaching support because when a leader becomes self-aware, they can, instead of going back a couple, you know, down a couple notches and feeling disintegrated, they can go, oh, wait, I'm under stress right now. I need to self-care. So that self-awareness piece, if we can help leaders become self-aware so that they can become more responsive and tap into their internal resources versus reacting right there, that alleviates a lot of the stress for the leader. How do you think coaching is shaping the future in organizations? The answer that question, I really like to look at the research. Um, public personnel management reported that 31 managers underwent conventional manager training, and they found that training alone increased productivity by 22.4%. And then they did the same training, but they followed it up with eight weeks of one-to-one -one executive coaching, and they found that that increased productivity by 88%. Like, that's a huge difference. So... It was very notable the impact that the coaching had um, on really helping the person integrate the training into what they were doing. And then coaches are also helping leaders create more positive impact on the companies that they work for. And I know um, January of this year, Forbes reported on new research that most, it was what, 70% of people found that their manager had more impact on their mental health than their therapist or their doctor, and it was equal to the impact of their partner. And so this tells us that leadership absolutely matters. And that coaching works. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So connecting those dots. Mm -hmm. um, there was and another. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say I originally started my coaching journey because I, I was doing training internally in corporations, doing corporate training and a little bit of internal coaching. But I really felt called to work individually with people because they were having a hard time implementing what they were learning in training. And the one-to-one -one coaching was helping with that. And so I have seen it work for decades and that's why I'm still doing it. It just, it works. There's no other way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. I mean, it's, it's an approach that actually can, has the potential to meet somebody where they're at. Yeah. And that brings me to another, I guess it's a bit of a dilemma. The term coach is used very loosely in different industries and with different people. And 
in one of in any of my first coaching sessions with anyone, I take some time to explain what coaching is and what it is not because people are confused. As we talked about in the beginning of the show here, they're confused about the difference between mentoring and training and consulting and therapy. And sometimes they come to coaching thinking they're going to get one of those other things. What, in your words, what is the difference between, say, coaching and consulting? Let's start there. So educated coaches are experts in a self-actualization process that is, um, you know, self-directed and it provides that safe space for growth and development. Um, Consulting is advising and providing expertise. So I like to say coaching um, touches on the internal world of our potential and consulting is more externally focused. So the consultant is providing guidance and expertise. And in coaching, the client is really considered the expert of their own, um, their own truths, gifts, strengths, and the client develops each time they dive deeper within themselves for answers. And in consulting, the consultant is providing that expertise and direction on, like I said, those external processes. Coaching and mentoring, what would you say the difference is between those two? You know, this is a really interesting question to me because I see mentoring as someone who has accomplished proficiency in something and is really offering um, their support to guide someone to accomplish the same thing. So I see two forms of mentoring. The first, and I've, I've experienced both. The first is where the mentor advises and guides the mentee, but the second is coaching. Coaching can be a form of mentoring, but the key difference is that the client is learning from themselves in the coaching relationship. Right, right. And it's a small distinction, but it is still a distinction that means a totally different methodology in coaching versus mentoring. Oh, exactly. What about... Oh, I'm sorry. What about <laughs> coaching and therapy? Therapy is, um, well, the best metaphor that I've seen to describe the the differences, um, therapy is more focused on the past, kind of like an archaeologist that can dig up, you know, what happened in the past so that we can make sense of the present. And in coaching, it's more like um, an architect where we're helping somebody build a future that they are envisioning. And you know, in therapy, we're more, there's more of an emphasis on, of course, diagnosis and treatment, but, um, one coach that, um, she was a therapist, she transitioned to be a coach. She said, you know, when, as a psychologist, I helped somebody get from negative 10 to neutral so that they could enjoy their life. And in coaching, I helped them get from that neutral to the plus 10. And I thought that was a really good distinction as well. Yes. Yes, for sure. I know a lot of my clients work with me and a therapist, which I think is a really, really good balance to have. And it's always amazing for me to see the accomplishments that someone can make if they're working with both. I had a client years ago who came to coaching and I always ask, you know, what do you want to accomplish in coaching? What is it you're trying to do? And he his whole body language, he was very depressed. He wouldn't make eye contact. And he said, I just want to survive. And I said, well, what does that mean to you? And it was just such a profound comment coming from him. And it was really, I could just sense his energy. He was so depressed and he had just about everything in all parts of his life were not going well. And he had a therapist, but he hadn't been working with that person for a long time. And for some reason, he thought coaching was the thing that would get him out of this. And over time, he started working with the therapist and with me. And he just had amazing breakthroughs. The therapist was working on the the depression part. And with him in coaching, we had to get very granular to help him take the next steps that he wanted to for the rest of his life. But it was amazing for me to see the improvement. And by the time his three-month coaching program ended, he had many things in his personal life situated. He had gone up for a promotion and received it. So 
his whole life completely turned around. And I really owe that not even necessarily all to coaching. It was because of the combination of coaching and therapy. And I also have clients that work with me and a mentor, an internal mentor. So I think there's definitely room for all of these methodologies to be combined as long as everyone understands the scope of each. Yes, so true. And I think what you described is is an integrative approach. Hmm. Yeah, it was it's always so fascinating to see people have such amazing breakthroughs and to know that that coaching works, but that also coaches need to be knowledgeable enough to know when they're working out of their scope, when they need to refer someone to a therapist or also suggest that they have a mentor. It, it's that part also because we can very easily work out of the scope of coaching because we're there with the client and the client just starts talking about things and it might go into the therapeutic area. Um, so we really have to know how to hold that boundary. Do you find that also in your coaching practice? I have found that. So the coaches that I know that have attended ICF accredited education, those programs, especially the the level two, the more robust programs are teaching really clear distinctions of where those lines are. Um, and it can be confusing because some of the skill sets are the same. We we both, you know, a therapist uses empathy, a coach uses empathy, um, reflection, but the premise of each is so different. And so, and, um, you know, a trained coach is going to know exactly where that boundary is and exactly when to refer out where that scope, you know, ends. Yeah, I know. And I've had some clients who would have never thought to use therapy. They just would have never thought about it. And once they have combined it with coaching, they just they excel. So I think there's power in the combination of a lot of these methodologies. Yes. So true. I mean, they all have their place. We all, you know, we've got different needs at different times, so it makes sense to combine yeah. them. Yeah. We've been talking to Laurel elders about how leaders can benefit from being more integratively intelligent, how they can develop it, We've been talking about what coaching is, what it is not, how it's shaping the future in the workplace. We're going to pause for a break. And when we come back, we'll hear more about how integrative coaching is different than other types of coaching. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. At MD Consulting, we provide executive coaching to leaders struggling with workplace challenges and pain points. Unlike other coaching companies that use a Band-Aid approach, we have a specific set of tools and processes to thoroughly root cause and unpack a client's challenges. Our specialized method helps you implement measurable and sustainable solutions to enhance your leadership skills and develop your team. Visit www.mdconsultingglobal.com to book a complimentary breakthrough session. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment and community for the aftermath, emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Leading with Intention with Monique Daniel. 
Have a question for Monique or her guests? Email Monique at Monique at MDConsultingGlobal.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Laurel and I have been talking about this groundbreaking philosophy of integrative intelligence and how leaders can adopt the philosophy. We also discussed the difference between coaching and other forms of leader development, like mentoring, consulting, even therapy. Now we'll hear more about specifically integrative coaching. Laurel, how is integrative coaching different from other forms of coaching? There's a distinction there, right? Yes. So integration coaching includes, or integrative, it's it's the same. Um, it includes whole person development. So there's more of a developmental focus. So we help the client peel back what we call the egoic onion, which includes many layers of blind spots. And we call this the fabricated self or the false self. The egoic onion layers can include our defense mechanisms, um, facades we might have built up over the years, our you know deeper fears or limiting beliefs that we've accidentally brought with us. And we found that once this false self begins to shed, the true self, our true nature, naturally can't wait to emerge and people start operating from their wholeness. In other forms of coaching, they may focus more heavily on um, just one domain, like maybe a positive mindset or communication. Other forms of coaching might just only be coaching with no um, goal for integration. So we see the full potential of coaching and of all clients come forth when each domain of human potential is viewed as an interconnected tapestry of our wholeness. So integrative coaching, would you say it involves more of a psychological approach? Actually, it's um, so whole person psychology is just one aspect. So it also includes somatic awareness. So asking the client um, or just observing like, you know, as you were answering that question, I noticed your face flushed. What was going on there? And the, the person being coached may not even be aware that they had a somatic response. So it, it really does... Um, include the whole person. It also can include the client's energy. So um, the coach might observe, I noticed your energy dipped as we started to talk about this. Um, what do you think was going on there? So the integrative approach is really looking at what what is the all that is going on for the client. And it really involves the leader being very aware of that other person's body language, like they've got to be really present to do this kind of coaching. Yes. Yeah. And I know presence is expected anyway in any type of coaching, but the somatic responses, you know, that's not something that is trained in regular coaching. So it, it's really fascinating how can leaders be empowered with this skill set? Well, the, really just um, that self-awareness piece and um, recognizing what is going on. Where am I out of alignment? So the coaching increases the self-awareness. And we found that self-awareness is the first doorway to self-actualization. Without it, um, the person really can't get ahead of self-actualization. It's just, it seems like a big blind spot. So looking at first self-actualization and what happens is when a leader becomes more self-aware and any anyone, any client, any person, then naturally they become self-generating and generating in a direction that they want to be going versus a direction they don't want to be going. And then after that, we found that when somebody becomes self-aware, self-generating, they naturally can sustain success long-term. So that's where we see the sustainability piece and the stress levels drop for the leader. So the leaders that come to your institute, they are corporate leaders or what kind of people do you serve? We serve um, all types really. So managers, HR directors, um, 
Yeah, anyone that is, I would say that the common denominator would be someone that um, really feels called. A lot of our students talk about, I feel called to leave a positive impact. And those are the, um, yeah, those are the people that we serve the most. So they come to your institute, which is in Arizona, right? Uh, we're actually online education. So okay. we have, uh, we've got students globally. Okay. So your, your corporate office is Arizona or no? Yes, we are headquartered there. Okay. And so you offer virtual education? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, okay. All right. And how would they even find out about you? They can go online to www.integrativeintelligence.global. We have all of our programs there. We also have our philosophy and we have a whole page on integrative intelligence there as well. So they can learn a little more about it before they enroll. What yes. is the curriculum like, uh, the length of the program, things like that? So we've got the two levels of training and um, that level one training in the ICF is basically designed if you're a manager or leader that wants to be more coach-like. So it's that level one training that you're wanting to add coaching skills into what you're doing in your career. That program is six to eight months. We have a self-paced component. And then we also have the level two training, which in the coaching world is that PCC level um, professional certified coach through the ICF level. And that program is one year in length. And that is a deeper dive. That's where you learn um, everything about the integrative intelligence and coaching and how to take on private clients and contract with companies. So you've really got a, a program that could be quite lengthy if someone takes all the components. Yes. Yeah. That one year is a, it's the deeper dive. Okay. Okay. As you see these leaders come through your program, what are they saying are some of the key struggles they're dealing with right now in the workplace? Burnout is um, feeling burnt out, but still going to work. That's mm -hmm. a big one. Um, and you know, the side effect of that is that disintegration piece of I'm under stress and I'm being reactive, but I don't want to be reactive. How can I, um, you know, show up and, um, still be in my power when things are stressful. And I'm seeing that too, that leaders are eliminating the self-care because they don't have time. They're working more and more hours. And I think at the beginning of COVID, when everyone went to remote work, you saw this where there's no lines, no boundaries between home and work. No one shut off their computers or they walked past it and had to answer emails. So the lines got really blurred between professional life and work life. And now there's the hybrid working environment where it's still a little muddy because everyone's defining hybrid differently and companies are still trying to feel that out. So I think the burnout is really happening and it's getting worse. And leaders are feeling like they, they don't have time for self-care because if they take that time, then they're taking time away from their work and the work is piling up. How, how do you break that cycle or how do you, at your institute, how do you teach people to break that cycle? One thing we talk about is how it only takes two minutes to calm the nervous system down. So a lot of leaders might assume, I just don't have time. And actually the um, just doing a two minute meditation is the equivalent of getting more sleep. So just doing small things sometimes can lead to profoundly different um, experiences. I also think part of it is developing the habit because people will always say, well, I don't even have time to meditate. I don't, but I think once you have the discipline to develop the habit and it becomes a routine, that two minute meditation, it gets embedded as just part of your day and it, it does come easier. I think it's, it's getting started 
doing something and changing a habit um, is the the hard part for people as they're trying to figure out how to add more self-care into their life. But it sounds like at the Institute, there's curriculum around this. There, Do they have to do practicums? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, we've got mentor coaching, practicums, practice outside of class. That really makes it more robust, I think. And I remember years ago in my ICF training, the there were practicums even back then. So very glad to hear it's continuing in some of these organizations now and in your institute. Where do you think the future of coaching is going? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm just excited. Um, I think it's going to keep expanding. I think that, um, you know, some people were kind of worried way back when that, oh, it's just, you know, it's just this trend that it'll, it'll pass. And uh, we're not seeing that we're seeing coaching has created some deep roots because of the impact it's having in people's lives, the positive impact. And it's helping companies shift for the better. It's just creating and fostering so much positive change that I feel as if those those roots are just going to deepen. And I I see coaching continuing to expand globally. So say again how people can find out about the Institute in case they're interested. Yes, they can visit us at integrativeintelligence.global. Okay. And is there any other way that you want them to reach out to you, any other products you have, or is it mainly the Institute? It's mainly the Institute. We do have, you know, all the social media channels as well. If you like Facebook integrative intelligence or Instagram integrative intelligence, um, we also have a YouTube channel with some great videos. Okay, great. We've been listening to Laurel Elders today. Laurel, thank you for being here. I hope all of you have gleaned some really valuable information about this topic that will empower you as you finish out your week. If you missed any part of the show, you can still hear it on demand. You can find me on LinkedIn at MD Consulting. And you can go to my website at mdconsultingglobal.com for much more information there. I hope you all have a great rest of your week. And as you go through your week, don't forget to lead with intention. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Leading with Intention. Our intention is that you walk away from this show today with new tools, techniques, and insights that help you lead more effectively and have greater impact within your company. Until we talk again, have a great week.